So much of this is truly cause uh, for righteous anger. And use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. Former abortionist who was testifying, it's so much cause for righteous anger. What happens if you have a uh, state change the law saying that, that, that children who are LGBTQ can't be in classrooms with other children? Absolutely filthy lie. No one's considering that. It wouldn't pass the, the, the most simple constitutional muster. So much cause for righteous anger. So he doesn't care if they're protesting outside the Supreme Court or outside someone's private residence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. I had a talk with a loved one. She is a good woman. She is a progressive woman. She's not insane. She's not violent. And we found ourselves tiptoeing through a discussion on abortion and gun control. And she and I disagree. And I think the Lord revealed to me in that moment a path forward. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. It's Friday morning, or Friday, well, I guess you're hearing this whenever. I'm an old radio guy. We always think in linear terms. This show is for Friday morning, the 20th of May. Uh, tonight, I'll be at the Cedar Park Church in Bothell with my friend Julie Barrett in our presentation on Will God Rescue America? My friend Zach Abraham will be joining and speaking there. Zach, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management, our partner of the hour. Thank you, Zach. I sat and had dinner with a woman that uh, is a very close relative. And she is brilliant. And she is caring. And in fact... When things were at our toughest point as a family for in the, in the journey through adolescence and family mental health, um, she, in, in large part, helped save my life and definitely uh, took on her shoulders far more than, than most people would ever take, even for a close family member. And she believes abortion should be legal. Uh, she comes at it from a different point of view. Clearly, uh, I come at it from the point of view with which you're well familiar. We also disagree on the issues of gun control and some other things. But at the core, we agree on some things. Corruption in D.C. stinks. Um, it is across both parties. It's profoundly disturbing. It's power and profit driven. We agree on a lot. What struck me was she and I have talked about some very personal things. I've known her my whole life. And we can talk about very personal things without fear. But it was fear of politics. Or the idea that these things are political that, that caused us such, I guess, speaking for me, discomfort. Because I love this person and I want to find agreement. And I believe that in this conversation, after I sat and consumed it and thought about it, I believe the Lord revealed to me a way forward. And it's the hardest possible way. It's truly the hardest possible way. Everything around the issues of abortion and gun control has become a tool of the party. Now, there are true believers. There are absolutely true believers. Nancy Pelosi deeply wants to, to see babies killed at any and all stages. The mayor of New York says, yeah, right up until the day of birth, a nine month old baby right up to the day of birth should be killed. My family member doesn't agree with that. 
That's that ceases to be abortion. But 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 the the other side of this, our side, we've erred not in our views. We have erred in letting our side, so-called of the party, that's the um, complacent, scheming, lazy side of the party, the, the you know, very important, the robust, tall, like an oak, rock-ribbed Republican conservatives, use this as a tool of division, just like the evil portion of the party. The left uses it as a tool of division. You know this because there is never ever an attempt to actually reach an agreement. And I get it. You can't partially abort a baby. That's not the sort of agreement that we are going to reach. That requires the Lord to step in. And when we can't, you, you can't partially, you know, when Abraham was told to, to sacrifice his son, Isaac, he couldn't partially do that. The Lord stepped in and said, no, 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 do not harm the child. Do not harm the child. And Abraham, you've passed the test. So that's not the sort of compromise I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is communication and full and complete communication because DC is sick. The party wants us. They must have us divided right down to the family level. I mean, listen to this, this heartlessness. This is from the, the um, uh, Jen Psaki. I don't know how she ever got to be White House sp- spokesperson or press secretary because she's neither same-sex attracted nor black. Since you said it was a public health question, which agency should that question be directed to? Just the very practical, immediate question of if you can't find formula and you need it for your baby to eat, what should they be doing? Uh, we would certainly uh, encourage any parent who has concerns about their child's health or well-being to call their doctor or pediatrician. That's anger making. You saw the supply chain thing coming and, and that's anger making. To me, I feel great anger when I hear that I, or when I hear the woman who is now the, the press secretary who, thank goodness, is same sex attracted and black and, and, and racist and thinks that you know, Donald Trump stole the election. So she's the perfect spokesperson. Right. Is this yeah. burning point on the on the, the formula issue at the White House? You mentioned the White House is involved. I, I mean, I, I at the White House, I don't I, I don't know. I can find out for you and get you a person who's running point. Um, but I, I don't have a yes, person. Giggle, giggle, giggle. Giggle, giggle, giggle. It makes us feel angry. Maybe not you. It does me. I feel very frustrated that you're giggling at this. There, there's this. There's a bunch of activists who claim that America, uh, Amy Coney Barrett doesn't understand pregnancy. She's given birth to five children, but she doesn't understand pregnancy. But it's really, believe it or not, Sulu, the guy who played Sulu, George Takai, uh, who nails this from the leftist perspective. And this is where we need to undress this. And this is, look, I should have started the podcast this way. Do we want fewer abortions? Is that what we want? I, I get it. I hear you. You want none. I understand. I do too. I absolutely want no abortions. Can we achieve that? Now, God can achieve anything. But from my, from my view, we can begin by talking about this in a far different way. This is George Takai, and, and he expresses here a view that so many people on the left hold. A core value of the Republican Party, uh, I thought, was... Small government, yeah. less, you know, freedom of speech, freedom uh, of a um, free trade, all that freedom. But when it comes to the most private area of a woman's life mm-hmm. and decision making, yeah. government wants to ban it. I mean, it's not the Republican way. And then once the, uh, the woman has a ba- uh, the baby because of the, of the ban, then what do they do uh, with the children? Total irresponsibility. Education cut. Education budget is cut. Uh, Child care is cut. I mean, it is the most irrational and unrepublican act. And very mean. 
Very mean-spirited and dangerous, mm-hmm. and it's causing a creating a future for young people. Yeah. That yeah. we have more child poverty in this country. We are the most irresponsible of uh, the wealthy nations. It's, to unpack this, we could do a whole show. And you have the responses down as well as I do. At least the baby has a chance to grow up. There are people who've survived abortions and they've had fantastic lives. Now, Kim Barnett, who should be, uh, well, you know the story in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz versus a, you know, American service member, Oz, a dual citizen of Turkey. Also a guy who wants to chemically and surgically mutilate children. Uh, She was the product of a rape. And her mom chose to have her born. So we can unpack it that way. Leaving kids alone? No, that's that's not true. Crazy thing is, of course, that, that Republicans and conservatives are far more philanthropic than people on the left. And even Thomas Friedman at the New York Times had to admit that to his great shame because he looked into us, zoo animal-like, walked by the zoo and said, wait a minute, these people are giving money? When there is a desire to solve a problem... When there's a desire to reach a solution, when there's a desire to bridge a gap towards an end to something, an end to, in this case, abortion, then there are questions. And there is seeking understanding. The party does not want us doing this. Politics is designed now at the meme level that we never do this. That we speak without first asking questions. And when I sat with this loved one, I was looking face to face with a person I know to be loving, to be a brilliant mother, to be one whose time is where her mouth is in terms of caring for people, in terms of, for instance, working with victims of rape, um, of someone who will not just give you the shirt or the blouse from her back, but her time and her efforts. And even as she works 80-hour weeks, for instance, she, we were not yet in Idaho, it was three or four months before we got over here and she handled every detail of the scrapping and rebuilding of the in, in, internal portions of this home the Lord has gifted us with on our own time for no money. She's looking eye to eye with someone that she knows um, loves my volunteering with people who are in prison or recently out of prison. She knows that I prayerfully agree to sometimes to work with men who have committed the most heinous of acts because I, I, would, I would like to see them restored to God Almighty. I'd like to see them redeemed because I'd like to see them not go back to prison because I'd like to see them never again harm another human being. We have this in our backgrounds that our families are our caregivers. So we sat at this table And we talked about abortion and I started to give my opinion and God stepped in and said, shut your hole. You don't know what you're talking about, Todd, until you find out who you're talking to. And so I asked this loved one, help me understand. I see you've told me you're very, very afraid about the results of if Roe versus Wade is struck down. I began to issue my opinion saying, of course, I mean, obviously you understand that this would take it to the states. It wouldn't make abortion instantly illegal. And I said, and yet, wait, you know, let me stop myself. I'd like to hear, like, why is this so scary for you? Here's what I learned, her point of view. Her experience in life. She works with rape victims who are sometimes raped by family members who have been thrown to the ground and had their bodies utterly violated and are of the opinion that 
if they give birth to the child, they will forever be locked to the family member who abused them and raped them and stole their bodily sovereignty. She works with, and instantly, listen, I get it. I'm not changing your mind. This is not me convincing you that abortion is okay because it's not okay with me. It's not what this is about. This is about rising above the party. This is about not giving in to the scheme of divide and conquer. This is about ending abortion. By listening to people who don't want it to end. She explained to me that there are populations with whom she works, uh, specifically um, the Hispanic culture, that the men get to say, hey, I'm not using a condom and you're not using a birth control pill. And if I catch you using either, if I catch you using a birth control pill, I'll beat you silly or I'll shame you in front of your family or I'll shame you in front of your priest. And I'm not wearing a condom, forget it. And if this results in a, the, what we, you and I view as the blessing of a life, of a young human life, a baby, well, then no, absolutely not. We're not going to do adoption, period. This is against, this is not done in our culture, in our society. And, and I asked her, is it just Hispanic people you've worked with that hold this view? And she said, well, I haven't really worked with other, you know, um, uh, minority groups, like I said, it's like, I imagine that Muslims would hold that point of view and, and strict Muslims. And she said, oh yes, I, I'm, I'm certain they do. And she then went down the rest of the path for her, which is what happens to the kids? What happens to the women? What happens to their financial security? Now, none of this is about persuading us, uh, me mostly, that abortion is okay. It's not. It's about taking a different stance and first of all, caring for the person in front of me. This is what the party does not want us to do. They want us to hate the person in front of us. They don't want us to take the step of doing what we are first and foremost, the greatest of all the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. The rest of the commandments hang on these. It's slightly paraphrasing. I'm aware of that. The rest of the commandments hang on these. They don't want us engaged in that. That's monumentally evil. So when I listen to this loved one explain this stuff to me, I am taking in from her great fear. I'm taking in from her great concern that in her mind and in her soul overwhelms the concern for the life of a child or what she might refer to at some point in gestation as a potential life. And we didn't get down to that level of disagreement. I firmly believe that life begins at conception. Let there be light. I have seen the video footage of the sperm and the egg cells joining, and there's this magnificent light, and God said, let there be light. I'm unaware of any time where life has con- occurred without conception. I'm certain that cloning has, has been done, etc. I don't know that I regard that as life. That's going to be an interesting time when we're finally doing that mass scale, or, or at least they admit they're doing it. But by caring for the person in front of me, she felt heard. This is elementary. We get this in marriages all the time. You know, and I know, and it's one of the f- funniest videos in the world, the woman with the nail in her head. It, it's, it's absolutely, utterly, brilliantly done. If you've not seen it, Google woman nail in the head. In the scene, this woman has a nail sticking right out of her head and she's talking to her loving husband, their boyfriend who is leaning in. He's got all the right body language. He is showing a face of concern. And this woman is saying, I don't know. It's just that sometimes I feel like, like I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just being crushed. And I, I feel like, I don't know. It's like, I can't think straight. And 
uh, it's it's like a it's almost like a sharp pain, and the guy is just trying everything he can to not point at the nail, and he finally he finally says, well, and you can see he knows he's going to regret it. Well, you, you do have a nail in your forehead. She goes, it's not about the nail, okay? It's 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 not it's not about the nail. You always think it's about the nail. It's it's not it's not about the nail, but it catches on your sweaters. It's not about the nail. I just want you to hear me. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. I know, I know. It's not about seeking solutions, so I'm I'm sorry. L- let me hear more. Well, like you said, sometimes my sweaters catch on it, and I don't know. I just feel like my life's not, it's not very clear. And I just, and he says, yeah, it sounds really hard. And wow, that's really upsetting. And, and that's just terrible for you. And she goes, you, you, you understand? Yes. Yes, I understand. And then they lean forward to kiss and the nail bumps him in the head. And he starts to reach for it and, and the video breaks up. There are children being killed. Our end goal must be to stop that. The people who are pushing against us have seen us, well, they haven't seen us. They only see us as how we're painted. We are their nail. In their minds, we are the nail in their head. We're the ones causing the pain. They want our political point of view removed. There are so many alternatives of which my dear loved family member is apparently unaware. There are so many things we don't talk about as a society, like my dear loved one brought up. The family dynamics, the power dynamics, that's a leftist phrase. I understand it. It also is a meaningful phrase. The power dynamics of families where, in fact, the male can say, no, I'm not using birth control. And yes, you're going to carry the baby to term. And no, we're not going to give it up for adoption. And I understand the point of view of of Catholics and others who are against the use of birth control. I get that. And if the goal is to end abortion then you have the option of using birth control in your life or not, or birth control methods or not. And I'm aware of the rhythm method. My dearest brother is a Catholic with seven kids. Blessings in his life as he sees them, and they are. They're great kids. So what does it look like to refuse to go the party's path? What does it look like to go back to the Beatitudes What does it look like if we operate from a perspective of victory and a perspective of the kingdom instead of a perspective of fighting over the things the party wants us to fight over, which is scraps of compromise here or there, the pendulum swinging back and forth on abortion, the pendulum forever putting us in this, well, dare I say, purgatory since you just spoke of Catholics? What does it look like to actually try to seek agreement on this so that we get progress with the end goal being stopping abortion what does that look like yeah it's thinking of family and sometimes timing works out so well I was just thinking of uh Family, it's, it's a family-owned um, national mortgage bank. How how hard is that? <laughs> I don't know if you and your wife ever or husband ever, you know, argue about things, but can you imagine 20 years, 20 years of, of running a mortgage company you started in your basement on a $5,000 credit card. Now you're A-plus at the Better Business Bureau. You're constantly saving people thousand, a, a thousand bucks a month on refinances. Right? And you, you, you maintain these high ratings because of how, you, how seriously you take the job you have, which is, in fact, putting people into the most expensive thing most people ever buy, a home, or refinancing it and doing it responsibly. So you set up a company that has no commissioned salespeople. You have mortgage consultants. 
That's how they've done it. That is the reality of American financing at AmericanFinancing.net. That is how they have gotten this done for all those many, many years, 20 years. So I was thinking about that in the relation things we're talking about. What does it come down to? They listen. Truly, they do. They listen. See, they have special loans for special circumstances because they can. They own their own company. It's not the party that owns them. So you have unique income circumstances. No big deal. They do that all the time. You have some debts in your background that you can explain. Try them at AmericanFinancing.net. I'll give you their phone number in just a little bit. You can call them and have a person-to-person conversation. Again, there's no reason for them to push you into a refinance because if you don't need it, they don't want you to do it. They'll tell you. In fact, they'll give you a free mortgage review. So here, here's the deal with these. I haven't talked a lot about this, but being able to save a thousand bucks a month up to that on a mortgage at AmericanFinancing.net, just imagine this. If you're looking to add to your budget or fund a large expense, y- you might be looking at a cash out refinance. So right now, the mortgage rates are really competitive. Home values, they continue to rise. And we talked about that with Zach. So this is a great time to refinance, but also to do it with cash out. So you could improve your home. You could pay, you could pay for college, maybe pay off college or get out of debt faster. Some of the high interest rate debt, dump that. Right? Do the do the Dave Ramsey thing. He's not connected with American financing, but his thing, the debt snowball, that's that's a great thing. Do that. It all starts with selecting the right company. In my mind, there is no one that rises above American financing at AmericanFinancing.net. Here's their phone number. It's 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275. Or visit them at AmericanFinancing.net. Ask them for the free mortgage review. See if it's good for a cash out refinance for you. And they'll tell you up or down, move forward or not. There's no commissions. They have no reason to try to push you into something. AmericanFinancing.net, 866-887-2275, NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. I didn't respond immediately. I didn't respond. I listened to my loved one explain her view, her experience, what she has seen and working with people in these, po- in these positions, in these populations, because I've not had that exact experience. I listened and I said to her, I would really like to think about this. And as I spoke those words, I'm aware of the fact that I'm not going to change my opinion on abortion because it is rooted in my, my belief in God Almighty. And that rooting it in God Almighty means to me that it can never be otherwise. It must always be life. But with the information she gave me, I now have the ability to go back to her and say what I think people seeking solutions can say. And this goes right back up to our very, very important rock ribs, oak tree standing tall, stalwart conservatives in Washington, D.C. who care so very much about solutions. There are four times as many pregnancy centers as there are abortion clinics. They have sprung up over the past 20 years. When was the last time you saw Republicans bring pregnancy centers to the forefront? When was the, and I'm not asking for funding for them, for God's sake, don't put federal funding into pregnancy centers. The next thing you know, you're going to be forced to care for pregnant men. Don't dance with the devil. But promote the alternatives because people don't know they exist. People legitimately don't know that they exist at the scale that they do, at the scope that they do. So for the population of people who, for instance, like the, 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 the people my loved one works with, who are the product of rape, but they don't want to have they don't want to have an abortion. But what are they told all around them? You have to. 
You're going to be tied to this man forever. You're going to be tied to this circumstance forever. Not if you get to the right pregnancy center. Not if you get to the right place like my friend Christy works at, where they wrap their arms around you from the very beginning. You walk in the door. Yes, they're going to give you an ultrasound. Yes, they're going to put you in a healthy baby program. Yes, they're going to give you health supplements. If you need food, they're going to get you food. If you need job training, they're going to get you job training. If you need to have a midwife to have a birth at home because you can't afford it in the hospital, they're going to do that. If it has to be in a hospital, they have peering relationships with hospitals where they can make that happen and then help you pay the costs off. That's what they do. And when the baby is born, they don't exit. They are right there. Let's talk about parenting classes. Let's talk about getting these mentors. Let's talk about making sure that you can be a successful parent, that this doesn't quote, hold you back economically. Let's make it a way that you accelerate your life. First and foremost, for the population of women who think that there is no alternative, that alternative exists and it turns what could be a very unsuccessful parenting circumstance into a greatly successful parenting circumstance. And it does it with the act of God. Here's the act of God. It's the love part. It is Christ Jesus kneeling at the feet of people, his disciples, and washing their feet. For the Son of Man has come to serve, not be served. It is what we're taught to do. It is ministering. Just as well as reading Bible verses, in fact, sometimes better than reading Bible verses, is the actual act of ministering. Because people know it's by choice. They experience it as voluntary giving, not confiscation by muscle of the state. That population is served in that way. And that cycle can end. For these women who found themselves in that I must abort cycle, they don't abort. They raise the child and they raise the child around Christian people who say this child is valued. You are valued. We did this because we love you because God loved us first. You can be someone who starts a legacy of this ending the cycle of abortions for that particular audience of people, that particular population. The other things that we don't talk about, my loved one talked about, cultural differences. Now, this is a hairy one. I'm not Hispanic, and I cannot become Hispanic. My loved one cannot become Hispanic. But there are these. Describing in a different way what adoption can be. Perhaps it's not a full adoption. Perhaps it's describing in the Hispanic community an adopted family in reverse. This is a challenge for the body of Christ and for a robust rock rib, tall like an oak tree, hard, solid, important GOP leadership. The extended family. In a functioning church community, in a functioning body of Christ, you have a family and they become pregnant. Uh, and, and there is the power dynamic and they're aware of the power dynamic. And they know that the young woman says, I don't want a baby right now, but my, my husband won't use birth control. And, 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 and now I'm pregnant and now I'm going to be left alone and it's going to be a third kid. This is a manifestation of an American problem. Yes, it's global, but it's also American in that we are now the most isolated of all the generations. Did you know that? You live in the most isolated of all generations. We are a generation that has fewer multi-generation uh, family members living with us. We are a generation that has fewer family dinners. My family is absolutely 100% guilty of this with me at the head of it. My utter failure, complete and utter failure. And may God forgive me for that. This is a manifestation of busy, of fake busy, of social media busy, of TV busy, of consuming political news busy. This is a manifestation of other people will do it. Other people will not do it. 
when the Lord Jesus was on the cross in his earthly life, that is his temporal life, was nearing an end, he spoke these words. Mother, beat your sons. He was speaking, of course, of his mother and his disciples saying, care for my mother. She's now your mother. Mother, these are now your sons. Feed my sheep. The church has done a horrible job at promoting into populations like, apparently, according to my my loved one, the Hispanic population, that we are going to gather around you, not as a substitute family, but as your real family, your real family in Christ. Can you imagine the alternatives that exist and how different the power dynamic is when, in fact, you have now a wide and widely known availability of people who stand to say, we will be there for the babysitting. We will be there so you and your husband can have a night out. We will be here. If you guys, if the income is low and you both need to work, we get that. That's America. Unfortunately, that's what we've done to ourselves by destroying our economy. We will be here. If the grandparents aren't around, we will be here. The availability in church world of, of older people who are sometimes cursed with loneliness and how that can be turned around and be blessed by loneliness because they have the opportunity to go back and grandparent again, because they have the opportunity once again to see the little faces smile and light up as they walk in the room. They have that time to once again, you remember when you were a parent and you were magic, got your nose. Remember when you could do those things and you were the magic parent and you could thrill a kid. They have the opportunity to do that again, but our society has broken this down into groups that can't even have the discussion with one another. Because it's not about solutions for them. Because it's about division. The Apostle Paul spoke about such dynamics within the, within the church, the, the, the body of Christ. He spoke about people saying, well, now, see, I'm not really a disciple of Christ. I was baptized by Paul, so I'm a Paulian. And, well, I don't care for Paul. Uh, he's a little bit abrasive to me, plus uh, a little too Jewish. I, I prefer uh, I prefer some of the other apostles. In fact, uh, I like Peter because he was a fisherman and I was a fisherman. So I, I follow Peter. And the apostle Paul came and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't follow me. I'm nothing. What are you going to do? You're going to divide up the body of Christ? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to cut this piece off to favor this other piece? He spoke about this. The real family. How is the church not responding this way? Within communities where the power dynamic is, no, you're not going to take the pill. No, I'm not going to wear a condom. No, you're not going to. We're not going to put our baby up for adoption. How is that not the conversation? Maybe it is. Maybe we don't get to hear it because the only thing the party wants us to hear is there is only the hatred for the other side. Merrick Garland won't even enforce the law that it is illegal. It's not, it, it, the law doesn't say it, it's sort of illegal. Sometimes it's illegal. We hope it's illegal to, to go outside a justice's house to try to influence an opinion. He won't even enforce it. And we all know why. But what about the greater law that far supersedes little Merrick Garland and his temporary power that God allows him to enjoy? What about the thing that rises above that? The very thing about which we're talking It starts with questions. It starts with caring for the one in front of you. For that to be the case, people have to be in front of us. It's so easy for me to care about my loved one because she loves me. So very easy. So how do we get in a circumstance where we can care for the people in front of us? What a surprise. There's a biblical answer to this. How could it ever be? 
So tonight I'm going to be hanging out with my buddy, Zach Abraham, a Bulwark Capital Management. He's going to be at the show. I mean, I don't like calling it a show. It's a get together. Uh, we're at Cedar Park uh, Christian Church tonight, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. I'm recording this early. I have no idea if there's tickets available. If there are, are bad, go to the ToddHermanShow.com slash events. Probably there's not, though. That's saying that. Um, Zach Abraham is a family man. His life changed when he became a family man. His life changed when he married his wife, who's in fact the chief operating officer, Bulwark Capital Management. Zach was brought up around money management. It's, it's in his blood, so to speak. He pursued two jobs in money management early on to make some coin. You know, cha-ching. Those two companies Zach went to work for ran into federal money headwinds. The, the, the housing failure that we all saw coming and Zach stepped back and said, wait, wait, perhaps God has not called me to do this. And then he said, wait a minute, how did I even think God was involved in these firms? Did I ever go and look in these firms and say, wait, are, are, are we stewarding people's money or are we just investing it? Boom, the light went off. That was decades ago. And now we have Bulwark Capital Management, which is very, very well established. You've heard Zach's radio show for now half a decade. Know Your Risk Radio, uh, knowyourriskradio.com. It's a great radio show. Zach puts at the center of everything they do at Bulwark Capital Management is risk management. So if you are leaning over the ledge of retiring, okay, and let's say it's a year off, or let's say it's two years off or three years off, and you're in good stead now, let's say it's six months from now, you're in good stead. What happens if you lose 40% of your portfolio? I think it hasn't happened. Well, with what's going on with the free money, the 0% interest rate stuff, the Fed continuing to goose things and juice things and invent $3.6 billion to hand out to their friends through the treasury. All these things are setting us up at a danger point. And this is why this is the perfect decade for Bulwark Capital Management. Their focus is risk management. They spread the play far beyond the traditional 60-40 stock bond mix, which by the way, the whole reason, so you, you hedge because stocks go the opposite direction of bonds. Really? Perhaps not in this environment. So get your money in a place that is fully focused on risk management. It's bulwark capital management. Zach is a truth teller on our program every Friday. He names the names in the finance world who are do not mean us well. And it is, in fact, the financial system we have. So call Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. This was a bit of a shock for people. I was at an event and we were a group of people who mentor folks who are in prison or coming out of prison. North Idaho, very conservative place. And we sat down and we were having our meeting and I was learning about some of the tricks of the trade of, of mentoring people and the circumstances, whether the, um, the resources we have available, how to help people get jobs, how to help people not go back to jail, how to work with parole officers, how to put the parole officer at the center of what you do, but also create a delineation, working with your guys. Hey, my job's not to violate you. I'm not looking to send you back to jail. By the way, neither is a good parole officer. They don't want you back in jail. I will have to report back to the parole officer if you break the law in front of me or I become aware of it. I have to and I will because I'm here to hold you accountable. Not because I want you to go back in jail, but because A, I'm going to hold you accountable. B, I don't want to go to jail. So I'm not going to help you hide a crime. Sorry. When we got to talking during lunch, someone asked me, what do you do? I said, I'm a podcaster. Oh, cool. What's your show about? Uh, this is a trap sometimes. Uh, they don't mean it as a trap, but I said, my show is God at the center, politics at the edges. Oh, that's interesting. So what kind of politics do you practice? Well, I'm a conservative. 
Frozen faces. North Idaho. Frozen faces. Wow. I said, <laughs> like, I'm not armed today. Although probably everyone else here is, but not me. Shocked faces. Why? Well, it's, it's nuts. Because there's a bunch of people like me involved in all this, but not in dealing with the clients. Not in hanging out with people who are just out of prison. There is a mindset of people who go to prison. It is the mindset of wrong place, wrong time. You victim of circumstances. Nothing I could have done. Circumstances simply conspired against me. That's how I ended up in the position that I am. It is endemic and it is across the criminal mind. And they will pre-invent the excuse before they commit a crime. Well, I, I, I know that this is illegal, but this, these are really bad people. I know this is illegal, but they done me wrong the first time. I know this is going to, I know this is illegal, but look, I can tell my parole officer that they, and then they, and then they, and, and, and it's they, and they did this and they did it. And it's not. And sometimes these things are true. Sometimes people have truly been victimized. It doesn't excuse criminal activity. Here was a surprise. You're here. You deal with these people? Yes. Why? Because I have to. Why? Because the Lord told me to. If we don't want abortions, what if we took any time that we devote? What if we took half the time we devote to tweeting about politics? And we went and followed in the footsteps of my loved one. What if we were the ones showing up when someone has been raped, a woman has been raped, a girl? And what if we were the ones showing up, not just as ourselves, but as representatives of the Most High God? What if we were the ones aware of the alternatives to abortion showing up? What if we were the ones ahead of time showing up in the schools and the communities? In other words, what if we said to the party, and forgive my language, screw you. Screw you and screw your division and forgive my language and forget you and forget your division. You go play that game. I'm going to give unto Caesar that which is his. What is yours is division and hatred. What is yours is anger. I'm going to give that to you. You have that. You go have your division. You go have your game playing. You have your wedge issue, Mitch McConnell. I'm going to go where there are no wedge issues. I'm going to go into the body of Christ. I'm going to make it my business to be about God's business. What if we did that? What if I did that? I don't know where this will end with my loved one. I hope it ends abortion if we can take this and do it across the country. That is to love the person in front of us. Start there. The people who fear Roe versus Wade going away are already experiencing the trauma in their minds. We can be there. But this can't be done at a national level. Really? There were 3,000 people there on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached his first sermon. 3,000 people became members of the body of Christ. 3,000 people, maybe even 5,000, were baptized, and then they went about breaking bread together. Not once per weekend, not 1.5 times per month, but every week, multiple times per week, sometimes every night. And what did they do? 
They ministered. What did they do? They carried on with the least of these. What did they do? They took a religion whose leader had been killed on a tree. Everybody watched him die. Everybody knew he'd been ended. And then rose. And then without jet travel, without social media, without car travel or train travel, with none of that, they took his words and they spread them around the globe. And 11 of the 12 apostles, apostles were martyred. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Blessed because of uh, all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Yes, I know, I scrambled the order of the sentences. What if we got ourselves into position where instead of debating and yelling and giving into the party, we could care for the person in front of us. Wouldn't that be the way to go? I can't wait to meet those of you who are coming tonight. I'm so very thankful for everybody who made plans to attend and are coming. Those of you who cannot attend, we're going to have a special prayer for you because you're not there. You're going to be a part of the show. You don't know that yet. Well, you do now. The people who are not there, you're going to be a part of this show. There's not going to be a live stream. Next week, we'll get some of the sound bites up from the show so you can hear what went on. I may make, in fact, a podcast out of it. One day, the video will be available. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and please, I beg you to put yourself on a permission, into a position where you as well can sit across from someone, pray that the Lord give you wisdom, and care for the person in front of you because you love them, or because you've just met them.